sports. Sports. And now sports. You're listening to The Coach's Corner with hosts Jim Bola and Tyler Bischoff, covering UNLV and all Las Vegas sports. Your one-stop shop for sports talk. Get your butt in the gym. Hello, Las Vegas, Coach's Corner. He's Jim Bola. I am Tyler Bischoff. We're going to start with some Golden Knights today. Uh, did you see yesterday? They put out on the Golden Knights website, they put out their little bracket of the best moments of the year. Yes. So first off, all right, do you have like a favorite moment from the season? Yeah, I mean, I got I got favorite moments, yes. Well, which one was it? What, what, what did you enjoy the most? Well, I mean, for me, I mean, if you're talking about hockey plays. Yeah, or anything. I just think that if you, the intro of the team coming on the, on the ice is outstanding as far as I'm concerned. Um, I mean, the first time I saw that, I kind of got goosebumps and stuff, you know. <laughs> um, the, the, but, you know, I think there's two, two really big, for me, two big things. Um, one's Carlson's goal when he went between his legs. Mm-hmm. And the other one is when Reeves scored. <laughs> yeah, that one's not on the list. That I know, it wasn't list. on the list. Well, they <laughs> sent his they sent his stick to the Hockey Hall of Fame. It was it was too good, it would have won the bracket too easily. That's why you it's know, not on and the I'm list. like, give the guy some credit, okay? <laughs> he's you know, he's he's not the fastest skater they have. You know, he's a he's a dump and chase guy and you know, he scores he scores the goal that's you know, gets them to go to the next next level and you know, give the guy some credit. It's true. So. I forgot about that one. That's a good one. Because yeah, that was well, a he deflected that puck yeah, into the top yeah. corner. Like it was yeah. skill wise. It no, was really it wasn't good. it wasn't the easy score. Yeah. But, you know, he was in the right place at the right time. And the only unfortunate thing, and we've had this discussion, Bellarmine just tackles him yeah. basically and we don't get to see the Gold dance, yes. you know, that he promised. No, no everybody. great celebration. Um, my, my favorite thing from last year, it wasn't really a single moment. It was just sort of like game one of the Stanley Cup final being in Vegas and like being there for that. Just the, like, just the experience. It's, it, I mean, it's just surreal that like this is a hockey team. And granted, neither one of us are like hockey guys. It's not like we've been covering hockey before, but it's a first year team and it's a team that we've been covering the whole year that's in Las Vegas. And it's like, Oh, they're in the Stanley cup final and game yeah. one's here in Vegas. Like it was just a surreal moment of just like, yeah. Wow. Well, it's, it's, it's one of those. It's, I mean, it's comparable to a player having a Stanley cup ring or a super bowl ring. It just doesn't happen yeah. that often. I mean, when does it happen? It's happened. Evidently, you know, if you can, if you take all the ex- in original teams when they started, mm-hmm. yeah, it happened once there, yeah. and and now with in the modern era, when has it happened in the last twenty five, thirty years? Yeah, no, it hasn't. You're supposed to be bad. You're you're set up to you're be supposed bad. to struggle. Yeah. You're supposed to struggle and get your heads caved in, and you you're know spo- you're and, supposed to tank basically. Like that's that's the best course of action for an expansion team. Yeah, and, and like you say to. Just have that experience of going to in in our in our situation covering the Stanley Cup, yeah, final number one, mm-hmm. but to have it in at home, yeah, and just how the continuation of the fan experience and the support from the people in the city, 
that that was the other thing that's not it's not really a moment, but just the way this entire city latched on yes. to the Golden Knights, it, it's still cool to look back on. Like it's still just like wow, like a hockey team came in here and in the first year of their existence they made Las Vegas care about them more yeah. than Las Vegas has well, cared they, about well, sports in twenty. They brought years. the community together and you know, and you had to hate to say it, but I think the October first situation yeah, also added to that. I mean, you hate to have something like that that brings a community together, but um, it ended up being a, a real positive for the city Yeah, having this team. Yeah. Um, so th- this is the bracket the Golden Knights put out here. The one seeds are Derek Englund's speech during the first home game yeah. um, and Western Conference champions. The two seeds are Eric Carlson's between the leg goal uh, between the legs goal against the Sharks, uh, and James Neal scoring the Golden Knights' first ever goal on the road in Dallas. The three seeds are Pacific Division champs and Shea Theodore's walk-off goal against Tampa Bay. Uh, the four seeds are sweeping the Kings in the playoffs and William Carlson's hat trick that was the first hat trick in Golden Knights history. The five seeds are Flurry's 400th win and Tomasz Noshik scoring the first home goal. Six seeds are. Halla's double overtime goal against the Kings in the playoffs and Carlson's overtime goal against the Sharks in the playoffs. Seven seeds are the NHL All-Stars from Vegas and Flurry's return to Pittsburgh. And the eight seeds are the first shutout by Oscar Dansk and the eight and one start to the season. Um, I'm assuming, since you told us before the bracket there, that Carlson between the leg goals, that that's your favorite of that, that bracket there? Um... Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. In that bracket, yes. I, I think mine in that bracket is Shea Theodore's walk-off goal against Tampa Bay. Mm, I mean, that's a good one too. It was like it didn't have, like Carlson's goal between the legs. That was the game they clinched the Pacific Division. And yeah, and if they and if he misses it, it's overtime. Yeah. So, but with Shea Theodore's goal, the reason I love that one so much is, in sports, like okay the. Baseball as a sport is relatively boring, but like the best thing in sports is when a team wins a game on the final play. And baseball has that more than any other sport because there's no time. You can hit a walk-off home run, and that's the end of the game. It's hard in a sport, even like basketball, to win a play on a buzzer beater. Like It, it doesn't happen that it, often. Well, not until the – it doesn't happen that often. And it seems like in the NCAA tournament, it happens yeah, more. Yeah, they, they save it all for them. Yeah, That's yeah. When they but all during the all. regular season, you're absolutely right. <laughs> I mean, you'll get maybe if you're lucky, you'll get one. Yeah. Opportunity, maybe two opportunities mm-hmm. uh, during the course of a regular season in, in the, at the collegiate level. And then in hockey, it's even worse because you only score like four yeah. or five goals a game as a as an entire two teams. And so Shay and I, I know there were still whatever two seconds left on the clock, but. For Shea Theodore to beat Tampa Bay, who was, I think at the time, had the best record in the NHL. Yes. To do that on basically the final play of the game, like it, that was just tremendous. Like For me, that's when I think back to this year. That's when I was like, oh my God, that's the most fun I've had watching this team play. Like That's the moment that was the most fun. So I enjoyed that a lot. Um, sort of bigger picture on Golden Knights and Raiders because they put out this bracket and I'm just looking back like... Good lord, that season is is even more incredible than I remember it, and it, it just ended. Like the the amount of stuff they had, it was just like, oh, that was cool. Oh, that was awesome. Like it's just unbelievable. Well, yeah, yeah, well, there were so many good things. Yeah, you kind of forgot about a lot of stuff that got got them yeah. to that point where, you know, when you get to the Stanley Cup, it's like, 
you know, they had the third best points of, of all the teams in the in the NHL. So they had to do something good to get to yeah. that point. It wasn't like they, you know, as, as Shang said yesterday, you know, he sees them creeping in on the A spot next year. And, <laughs> you know, and it could come down to, you know, three teams being tied for that last yeah. spot. And, uh-huh. you know, they just have a good game and get a couple extra points and they're in, you know. so. But I'm curious, five to seven years from now, which team are we going to view as like more Las Vegas or like the hometown Las Vegas team, the Raiders or the Golden Knights? I think I think it's going to depend upon what the Raiders do with how successful they. Yeah, if they come in and suck, everybody's going to be like, "Yeah, go back. We yeah. go back to California." I mean, they'll still have great crowds <laughs> because that's just how the NFL is. But um, I just, I just, I think when you go to the T-Mobile, and because you're in an enclosed. An enclosed arena, and I've said this a couple times on the air. It was very similar to going to the UNLV games in the '90s, but I think a much better experience overall. Yeah, um, I think it was more. It was just there was just more excitement at those games. Now, now you take that to an outside venue that's sixty-five thousand seats. Um, but the torch, they'll have the torch. Yeah, but but I just don't, <laughs> I just don't see that same kind of enthusiasm. Yeah, in the building, in the building from everybody. Yeah, I mean, when you go, even even when the other team at the T-Mobile had some fans, it was kind of interesting because you fun. know you'd have the Go Knights go, and then you'd have the Go Caps go, or whatever, yeah. which is the silliest chant ever. They need to get rid of all those goal team goals in the NHL. Um, Jim wants more creativity. Yeah, man. it's like, come on, let's, let's, you know, it's every every it's the same chant yes. in in all towns, but but I think it was unique. It was uh, it was the participation in it was. Yeah percentage-wise, was very high. Yeah. And I just don't see that when you're in an open-air stadium. One big advantage the Golden Knights will have, obviously they're here first, and they are an expansion team, so it's not like they have a history of being in California like the Raiders will have. The Raiders are not, quote, Vegas-born like the Golden Knights are. Um, So that's one big advantage. The other one is uh, Jesse Granger tweeted this out, just comparing ticket prices. Uh, Your lowest Golden Knights season tickets, which – they're sold out, so you can't get them. But the lowest price for a Golden Knight season ticket is twelve hundred bucks. Yeah. For the Raiders, for a season ticket, the lowest PSL is thirty nine hundred, and then you have to buy the tickets. So just price wise, your average Las Vegan is much more likely to be able to go to a Golden Knights game than they are Raiders. Yeah, even game. though there's a lot less seats. Yeah. So there's almost this idea that oh, you got to be rich to go to Raider games and to go go to Golden Knights games. Yeah, this last year is expensive, and next year will be expensive too, but you can more easily afford those ones. But even with all that, kind of back to what you first said, if the Raiders come in here and win, like oh. if, they, if they come in oh. here and they're a playoff team... Look out. Look out. They're going to blow everything out of the water. Like, we're not even going to be paying attention to the Golden Knights. We're not even going to well, be paying attention no, to the I th- you you'll be paying attention to them. Um, as long as they stay consistently in that top tier of the of the NHL. Yeah. You'll still pay. I mean, I take I mean, let's use my hometown Pittsburgh for example. You got the Pens and the Steelers and then the Pirates. 
And the pirates are always kind of an afterthought <laughs> because every, and I, and I talked to somebody the other day and they go, the pirates just don't spend money. And when they do get a good player, they end up trading them away. Uh-huh. And it's just like, yeah. And you know, since the, since, you know, they, you know, you know, they had bonds. Yep. They, I mean, you can name the great players that they've had that they've gotten rid of. Um, and but with the Steelers, it's this you know same kind of situation with the Steelers. There's a you can't get a ticket to a Steelers game. There's a wait list to get on. Yeah, um, the tickets are passed on from generation to generation. Um, the Pens have become successful. I mean, I remember when they first started, they were terrible. Did anybody care? No, nobody okay. cared. Nobody cared when they first started. Yeah, but now they care. So if the Penguins. Now, if the Penguins dropped off, if all of a sudden they started missing the playoffs most years, how that interest in the Penguins, how much do you think? Oh, it would, it would diminish. It would diminish a lot. Oh yeah, it would okay. diminish. Yeah, and that that's probably what's important for the Golden Knights. Is... Yeah, it would diminish. It would diminish. So, um, you know, and and again, I think the people in in our situation here name me the third program that would be behind those two. UNLV and, or excuse me, Golden Knights and Raiders? Yes. I mean, UNLV basketball for now. They keep doing, if they keep missing the NCAA tournament and going eight and well, ten but, the Mountain But West. again, it's all going to be, de- it's all dependent upon winning. Yeah. It's all dependent upon producing. I mean, if for some reason the Aces go on some streak and start winning games, people will go watch them play. I think uh, you know, even though they're in a different you know arena and stuff like that, but um, this this town's very bandwagony. Yeah, if that's such a word, you yeah. know. I mean, they they want to be with teams that are successful, and you know, in the '90s, you know, in the late '80s and '90s, when Tark had things going, you couldn't get a ticket to UNLV games. The place was sold out. Um, you know it. But there was nothing else in town to compete against it. I mean, yep. you didn't have a Golden Knights. You didn't have, you didn't have a, a pro football team getting ready to come in. Um, and you didn't have a good college football team either. They well, they <laughs> were the program. They were, you know, and you know, I've I've known people that got in cabs and would make statements about you don't have a pro team here in this town. And the guy goes, "Oh no, running revs, baby, <laughs> running revs." That's that's how people thought. Yeah. They thought of it as almost like a pro franchise in this town. And so I think these these next three years are going to be very crucial into what happens in this town with fan bases. Even even though the town has grown tremendously since, you know, I've got here, I mean, it's gone from 225,000, 250,000 to $2 And and we've always we've always seen these questions, especially on the internet. Is there enough fan support to support these types of teams? Yeah. Well, we're going to find out in the next two or three years. We're going to find out. Coach's Corner, Jim Bola and Tyler Bischoff are brought to you by Boyd Gaming. Trout to be connected sports betting app. It is the easiest way to bet on sports in Vegas, and it is free to download. 
Remember old Vegas where the golf courses were right outside your door? The Casablanca Mesquite is just like Vegas used to be. Now, at bookmesquitegolf.com, you can build your own room and golf getaway starting at $100. Mesquite Golf Packages draw golfers from all over the country to play on scenic and challenging courses. Stay in a deluxe tower room and choose from six golf courses within a six-minute drive from the Casablanca Resort and Spa. Build your own golf getaway at bookmesquitegolf.com. Choose from six unique and challenging courses for every golfer. Find the course to match your skill level. The Palms, Falcon Ridge, Conestoga, Oasis Palmer, Oasis Canyons, or Casablanca Golf Club. So pack your clubs and reserve a tee time. Go to bookmesquitegolf.com and customize your perfect golf getaway at the Casablanca Resort and Spa. Stay at the Casablanca Resort and Spa. It's just like Vegas used to be. You're listening to The Coach's Corner with hosts Jim Bola and Tyler Bischoff, covering UNLV and all Las Vegas sports. Coach's Corner, Jim Bola and Tyler Bischoff, brought to you by Casablanca Resort in Mesquite, Nevada. Are you golfing mesquite? Visit golfingmesquite.com to book your getaway today. Before we get into a little bit of UNLV short segment here, some Barry Manilow tickets. Yes, we have a pair of tickets to see Barry Manilow at his new residency at the Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino from the Cal Air Colding and Heating Prize Closet. So uh, Barry Manilow's in town, the Manilow's Las Vegas, the hits come home. So if you're interested in a pair of tickets, uh, good for dates starting from this weekend till through October. Uh, call in at 702-257-5396, 702-257-5396 for a pair of tickets to see Barry Manilow at the Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino. So that phone number for you one more time is 702-257-5396, 702 uh, we'll have some Golden Knights t-shirts to give away a little bit later as well. Um, all right. So we're going to do a little bit of UNLV basketball talk with uh, Marvin Menzies and his coaching style because Ken Palm has a new metric, Jim. Oh, do they? And I know you get as excited as I oh, do yeah, when uh, Ken yeah, Palm really, has a new metric. Really gets me excited. So, <laughs> so his new metric is uh, basically trying to track how aggressive coaches are with playing guys in foul trouble. Okay. And so he right. he basically went through and for I think the last ten years or so, man, um, I just I don't know how the guys these guys do this stuff. Well, they man. got play by they, you pull the play by play data and then they have an algorithm that just goes through and pulls the information they want. Um, but he went through I think the last ten years or so and tried to figure out how often does a coach play a starter in the first half after he picks up his second foul. Okay. So you see a lot of times in college basketball, Reason, a guy gets a second foul, he's on the bench for the yeah, rest of the half. Reasonable uh, parameters. So that's what Ken Palm tried to figure out to see, you know, which coaches are really aggressive with their starters and which coaches are not aggressive. And Marvin Menzies has been one of the most aggressive coaches in the country okay. in regards to playing guys in the first half with two fouls. Here are his national ranks when he was at New Mexico State. 42nd most aggressive, 64th. 16th, 18th, 141-108, and 16th. So he was well above average in most seasons and in some of those years was in the top 20 as far as playing guys in foul trouble. At UNLV, last year he was only 154 and was sort of right at the average. Okay. Um, but this past season, he was 8th 
or excuse me, two seasons ago, I should say, his first year at UNLV, he was eighth most aggressive well, he, in the country. He had no players. Yeah, so it was that's like, what I was going to say. Stay was, in there. Stay in there and play. <laughs> it was like, yeah, that guy probably shouldn't be playing college basketball, so you're going to stay in, yeah. even if you get to four in the first half. Yeah. You're staying out there. Just keep going. So I, I'm curious, just sort of g- general philosophy, your take on like how you handle starter well, gets too fast. Well, you know, I think, well, and I don't know if this algorithm takes this into consideration, you know, Time, how much time's left in the half? Um, who you know, who you're playing? The, I think the the class of the of the player. You know, if you've got a more senior kid, okay, then do you let them play a little bit longer? Do you switch to a zone to kind of help that that player out? Yeah. Um, there, there's. there's a bunch of factors that I think that come into it. So, um, and and like you said, I think you've got to see what kind of personnel you have on the bench to replace that person. So when you look down at bench and you go, no, 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 (laughs) no, um, just stay in, just don't, don't foul. Yeah. I mean, and you know, it, it, it is what it is. There's not a lot of control in those kind of situations. And especially, Especially when his first year, when he kind of had his ragtag team, you know, where he just threw a team together yeah. at the last minute, you just got to play what you got, and you don't have a lot of confidence in what you got sitting on the bench. I mean, that first year, if Jovan Morin got four fouls in the first half, they probably should have just left him in. Yeah, like there's yeah. no just, point in taking just him. Play out. your way out. Yeah, just if he fouls out, you're losing the game. Like, it's, but, it's, yeah, you're either going to foul out with you know three minutes left in the first half, or with eighteen twenty one yep. in the second half. So. Uh, it's not going to make that much of a difference. I think there's a lot of uh, – depends on the type of player because, like, if you took a, say, when Dwayne Morgan was still here. Yes. He's going to foul out. Like, yeah, that's going to happen. You've got to yeah. get well, him for out. For a guy that averaged eight a game, yeah. yeah. He's going to foul out. Like, you've got to get him out of the game um, because he's going to pick up his third and probably his fourth if you leave him in. But – you know, like for example, last year, like Jordan Johnson didn't pick up a lot of fouls, so Jordan Johnson was a guy you could probably trust to leave in the game yeah. and yeah. wouldn't pick up his third foul. Yeah. So it, it sort of depends on what type of player. Actually, I mentioned um, Dwayne Morgan, but I should have mentioned him back E. Jiang because you want to remember we spent a couple of years. Dwayne Morgan in foul trouble, always leading the Mountain West in fouls per forty minutes. His worst season at UNLV in terms of fouls per 40 minutes was 7.1. In Baki Jiang last year, 8.6. So, like, if you remember your your thought process of as to how bad Dwayne Morgan was in terms of fouling all the time, right? In Baki Jiang is worse. Somehow he's worse than that. So, like, this year, people want in Baki Jiang to, like, start. They're like, he might be the starting center. And it's like, all right, you're going to get eight minutes out of him in the first half, and then he's on the bench with two or three fouls. Yeah. That's how it is. So, yeah, and Backy Jiang actually worse than Dwayne Morgan in that regard. Coach's Corner, Jim Bola and Tyler Bischoff, brought to you by Casablanca Resort in Mesquite, Nevada. There are so many ways to be satisfied at the Orleans Hotel and Casino. Enjoy cocktails and steaks the way nature intended at Alder and Birch. Visit the newly updated Prime Rib Loft. Experience the all-new Bailiwick Gastro Pub to share unique dining selections, try new craft draft beers, and enjoy great live music. Dine at Andori Asian Kitchen for authentic Chinese entrees or choose from a large selection of sushi and Japanese cuisine. 
Check out the all-new Copper Whisk Cafe, open 24 hours with a menu that is sure to entice any palate. So savor the latest and greatest variety of flavors at the Orleans. You're listening to The Coach's Corner with hosts Jim Bola and Tyler Bischoff. Cover UNLV and all Las Vegas sports. Coach's Corner brought to you by Boyd Gaming. Jim Bola and Tyler Bischoff. Got a... Got to make fun of some uh, college football coach. But first, we're going to give away some Golden Knights t-shirts for you. Yes, we have another pair of shirts. uh, Two Golden Knight Western Conference Championship t-shirts. These are children's sizes. Thanks to our friends at Royal Pacific of Las Vegas. So these are black shirts, a children's small and a children's extra large. So we have a child small, child extra large. Two Golden Knights Western Conference Championship t-shirts. These are really nice shirts, so... If you're interested in winning a pair of shirts for your your children or if you don't have children, your neighbors or something like that, keep them in good graces. And uh, 702-257-5396, 702-257-5396 for a pair of child children's small shirts and children's extra large Western Conference champions from the Golden Knights. So you get both of those shirts. We'll take the first caller and one more time, 702 257 Five three nine six is the phone number. Um, Aces are back in action today. They're on the road in Phoenix. The Phoenix Mercury are second in the WNBA at fifteen and eight. Well, they got Tarasi, so she's a stud. They should be in first then, right? It's a good they point. Should. They should. Um, the Aces are ten and thirteen. They sit in ninth place. They are two games out of the final playoff spot. They have eleven games left in the season. Six of those are at home. Think okay. they can make that up? Yeah, they can. I, I, I mean, I think uh, Sunday, don't they play the Fever? Indiana yes, Fever? They, they play the so Indiana Fever. So there's a win there. They um, they get them twice the rest of the way. Okay. The Indiana Fever are 2-21. and 21. <laughs> that's, uh, that's hard to do. It is. It is. And you're at the pro level, supposedly. I mean, that's... That's comparable to the NFL teams going to oh and yep. you know fifteen and one or one and fifteen. It might or, be. it's probably worse, honestly. You know, and it's just like, um, but yeah, there was an interesting article in the RJ today about uh, their travel. What do they, they fly to, commercial? Oh, so they're just like UNLV, non basketball. Everybody yeah. but UNLV basketball. Yeah, they're they're commercial. So they were talking about you know having to play you know a game and. Um, you know, if they can't get out, can't get out on a red eye that night. They got to get up in the morning and then fly and then probably. At least uh, they get to go places like Phoenix and New York City and not have yeah, to go places like not, Logan, Utah. Yeah, or yeah, yeah, <laughs> or, or uh, Ruston, Louisiana. Um, yeah, I mean, so but then they were talking about you know being able to get the proper seats for the the tower players and stuff like that. So it was, I go, hey, it's just like being in college, man. Yep. So you accept your. "Quote unquote, a pro." Yep. All right, uh, we're gonna jump outside of Las Vegas for a minute because people are dumb. Uh, Larry Fedora is the football coach at North Carolina. Yeah, he's yeah an idiot. Um, ACC media days are going on, or he talked yesterday. Uh, this is a quote, and thanks to Nicole Auerbach of the Athletic for tweeting this out. But this is a quote from Larry Fedora: "Our game is under attack." I fear that the game will be pushed so far from what we know that we won't recognize it 10 years from now. And if it does, our country will go down too. Our country will go down too? Like, Larry Fedora thinks that if they keep putting in new rules for player safety, the country's going to go down? Like, 
What kind of an opinion is that? Oh, I think it's, uh, I think he's kind of getting caught up in, in all the political stuff that's going on, to be honest with you. I mean, he's trying to make a comparison to, you know, as you said, the rules that are going in are for player safety. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got other programs that are able to win. So the rules can't be that drastic, <laughs> you know, um, that it has that kind of effect on you. Or is he trying to trying to um, give himself some cushion with his, his administration? Is that what not, it is? Because they're not going to be good this, this coming year. <laughs> the rules are screwing us over, boss. I'm sorry. Yeah. We couldn't win this year. Yeah, All these safety so. rules. Yeah. Like, but what I thought it what to me it screamed of was Larry Fedora is a football coach. His life revolves around college football. Yes. And he thinks everybody else's life revolves around college football too. Yeah. And so when he sees things that he doesn't like in college football, he thinks the world is ending because college football is his world. But college football is not everybody's world. And no. if if college football suddenly didn't exist, it would be sad. I would be disappointed. But the country's not going to go down too. Like we're not going to have the collapse of the United States because college football is too safe now for Larry Fedora. But here's the best part is. Oh wait, hold on, hold on. We we'll get to the best part in a minute. He had more to say. I don't think it's been proven that the game of football causes CTE. We don't really know that. Are there chances of, for concussions? Of course, there are collisions, but the game is safer than it has ever been. So he's out here still denying that football causes concussions, which is an that's an incredible thing to do in 2018 because like DeMarco Murray just retired from the NFL at the age of 30. Mm-hmm. And the reason you do that is because football is bad for your body. Like football as a sport is not a healthy thing to do to your body. Oh, it, it's no, it, it's not even close. It's not even close, especially when you go to the pro level. Um, I was with some guys the other day that were they played for the Raiders and a couple other teams, and and just looking at these guys' hands, yeah, fingers are pointing in all different directions, and not the directions they're supposed to point. <laughs> you know, I mean, and it's just like, dude, what are you, what are you doing? And it's like, you know, oh my, I need a hip replacement, I need my back replacement, uh, you know. And then they were they were actually talking about players that they know that have major symptoms of CTE mm -hmm. and they have someone has come up with apps for your phone to test to show CTE? you how to go home. Oh, oh. It's like to remind you, hey, this and is the way you, you drive And if you and if you go away from your phone so a, a distance, the phone alerts whoever's oh Jesus. your spouse or, you know, caregiver or something like that yeah. that you're out of range of this phone. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. Jesus. So I mean, it, you know, I mean, just sitting there going, I'm like, and then you got this guy going. There's no, no concussions, Country's no evidence, down. no evidence. So it gets better because Nicole Auerbach of the Athletic, she tweeted this later in the day. We were told Larry Fedora wanted to talk to a small group of reporters. We thought to clarify his yeah. remarks. Yep. And he did, but he just repeated everything he yeah. said earlier. Yeah. He just... <laughs> So somebody at North Carolina was like, "Whoa, Larry Fedora is getting a lot of crap for this. Let's, Larry, let's go let's talk send him, to the reporters. Let's send you out. Let's clean this up. You know, let's make this a little bit more, you know, uh, palatable for people to swallow." And he came out and said, "If we keep putting in player safety, the communists are going to take over America." 
Coach's Corner, Jim Bola, Tyler Bischoff. We'll see you tomorrow.